Bleacher Creatures podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself. What's going on, everybody? This is Luke here once again with the incomparable, amazing John, and we are here for episode nine of the Bleacher Creatures podcast. And we apologize off the off the rip for the bit of a hiatus. Uh, some scheduling conflicts got in the way um, outside the podcast life, but we are back. Don't worry, and we got everything all figured out moving forward. So we will no longer be depriving you guys of the content. So obviously with a two-week break, that gives us a lot of stuff to talk about, right? No, absolutely. Right. So the beauty of a, of, a, of a longer layover is we actually have stuff to talk about. So real quick, now that we're past the Super Bowl, we're past the Pro Bowl, we're past you know everything, combine season is, is around the corner. And since we started last week – doing our uh our basically mock draft for the first round. Uh we're we're just gonna pick up right where we left off with picks six through ten, which at the sixth pick would be the New York football giants. And Johnny Boy, you have the Giants taking Jonah uh, Jonah Williams from Bama. The left tackle, correct? Yeah, I, if they're gonna play, I don't like these quarterbacks that much. I, I I told you I like Trevor Lawrence, I like Fromm. Yeah, I like Locke a little bit, but the the Giants can win now if they get, they shore up that line and a couple other things. So Jonah Williams would be my pick there, and and I don't think I still think he's overrated, but I don't think six is a bad pick for him. Yeah, I I don't I could see them doing a left tackle because Lord knows they need the O line help. The only thing in my head that's telling me no, it seems as though there's a glaring need equally for as much of a left tackle. They need a quarterback. And while you, well, Eli is not really what he used to be. That's no secret. He can still win. Right. I wouldn't be shocked if they take Haskins here. I don't like Haskins. I know, I know you don't like Haskins. You don't like any of these quarterbacks. Locke, I like the most. I, I agree 100%. But six three in shoes, I think. Something like that. Yeah, I don't He can't run. Mm-hmm. So, that, I don't know. I don't think, if they do draft a quarterback, they're, they're not planning on winning for quite some time because whoever that new quarterback is, he, he bet... The only quarterback I can see them taking is Kyler Murray. Because if they're going to play a quarterback right now, that quarterback better be able to move. Because that offensive line is not going to stand up and protect him. Right. I'll tell you that. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a stretch to, to have the Giants taking Murray either. I just, I, from the reports that I've seen, it seems the Giants seem to think that Haskins is, is their number one on their board. No, there's, there's no doubt that. I've heard that too. But the thing about Haskins is, he can't throw an amazing deep ball, right? Yeah. His big thing is short accuracy. Wasn't the whole thing with Odell and Shepard bitching that they don't run any deep routes now? Is it because Eli can't throw, or is it because the line doesn't let him throw? Right. You obviously, yeah, right. You can't have a deep passing game if you don't have time to stand in the pocket and deliver that that strike. What's that? I said obviously you you can't 
throw the deep ball if your O-line isn't giving you time to step up in the pocket and make a good balanced throw. Right, and the, for me, the biggest thing is, is why would they take Haskins? Is Haskins that good? Um, you see these teams, you see these teams fall into the pit of we need a quarterback, so we'll get one of the best one available in the first round. I don't believe that. I think you're finally. This is the year you've heard a lot of teams say. I think the Dolphins, right? Yeah. They listed, like their GM said, we're going to wait for a better quarterback if we don't like one this year. I think you're starting to see. Every team needs a franchise quarterback. Yeah. I mean, how many people have the Broncos had over there in the last five years? Well, not only yeah, – yeah. well, well, you can add another one to the list after they got Joey Flacco. Right, and that's my point. And if you put a stud – listen, you put a stud quarterback on any team, they're going to be good, right? For but sure. You're telling, me, you're telling me that the Broncos next year won't go 10-6 if they had Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or even Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? No, for sure. They right. – and that's my point. So the Jaguars, too, they're another one, right? And my point is, I don't see any of these guys doing that. Yeah, I just, I think that we are in an... I give er- Kyler Murray the best shot. I don't... Do- and I, oh. like Drew, I like Drew Locke the most, but Kyler Murray reminds me of Russell Wilson. Right, yeah, he, yeah he's got that kind of chip on his shoulder like Mayfield with the athleticism of Russell Wilson. So right. I, I, I don't... So. Right, and we've seen both of them have... Solid, solid success. There's no reason that they can't be. I just think the Giants are too in love with what they see with Haskins to pass up on Haskins. I could see the to me the smarter pick would be to take Williams and shore up that line. I don't think the Giants fall out of love with Haskins enough to go tackle. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we goddamn right. We're gonna find out. <laughs> Now, right, speaking of the Jaguars, who do you have them taking? I have them taking – all right, so obviously I just told you, Drew Locke, in my opinion, is the best quarterback on the board. Correct. So they just stay up the Bortles. Drew Locke has the same style. Big guy, can, has a cannon for an arm, can run if he needs to, yep. but I don't think they're going to go that route. I say they go Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I don't – I could see that happening, assuming the Giants – wisen up and go tackle um i've i know obviously i've done some research on these prospects i what i what i've seen with Locke is he's definitely a a, a i would say a, a above average deep ball thrower for sure it seems like he likes to gamble and likes to he kind of leaves his receivers open to that 50 50 ball a little bit too much definitely, for my liking he's definitely a gunslinger yeah he's that riverboat gambling style yeah. quarterback He's not afraid to run, which I like, because um, you know even uh, let's give credit. Bortles was at least able to flush the pocket if he had to. Locke, yeah. I think, is smart enough to realize when his pocket's collapsing and get the hell out of there. Um, but when he runs, he throws well on the run. He's not like over. He's not throwing the ball ten feet over his receivers. No, I think Locke is better than Haskins. I just think Haskins more ready now. Yeah, different than Bortles. And then the the last three things I got on lock is that he's got good touch, like on those finesse throws. He does, but the negative I have on him is he doesn't hit all the short throws. Right, but he, gimmies are not gimmies for him. He's right, but he's got a good fastball on like a short crossing route over the middle. But who does that remind you of? As far as having a good fastball that's not a hundred percent accurate. 
Right, a lot of quarterbacks, but who does his style play? It reminds you of just the Blake Bortles. It does. He he he, remi- he strikes me as Bortles with better arm talent. I don't know. Bortles has a cannon. I mean, yeah, but but I'm not saying arm strength. That you you can combine strength with accuracy, then you get a better version of Blake Bortles. But I don't think the Jaguars would take him. Just due no. To the fact that I the- personally think the Jaguars are going to take Kyler Murray. I could see that. A thousand percent. You, I well, mean, that would go into their game kind of similar to the Ravens, where they're going to play D, they're going to run the ball all the time. Yeah, and then they want that. They want the freak athlete quarterback, i.e., Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Right. Which again, and we've seen that even you know Russell Wilson was kind of like a, um, I don't want to say an experiment, but we didn't exactly know what Russell Wilson was going to turn out to be. No. Or even I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put Dak Prescott in that, but Prescott's a mobile quarterback in his own regard. I think Murray, you're getting a surefire athletic freak. Yeah, no, even though he's undersized, you can you can compensate for being undersized with being athletic and being accurate. No, there's no doubt. Absolutely. Right. Baker Mayfield's undersized, but he throws a damn good ball. Yeah, I agree. Right. So personally, for me, I've, I feel like him. I feel like Murray and the Jags are a match made in heaven, for sure. Yeah. At number nine, we have the Detroit Lions, and you have them taking Colin Farrell. I have them taking the best defensive player available, who could be a playmaker. In my opinion, that would be Clarence Farrell. I know what you said, and I, I'm not going to argue that. I just I have like a centimeter above. You have Farrell right above him. Yeah, Go ahead and say I have them taking Ed Oliver, the D tackle from Houston. Yeah, um, I could again. I wouldn't doubt either. I think Clarence Farrell just is a higher ceiling. I the thing with with like I had Farrell going two to the Niners. So obviously, given you know our respective individual mocks, I think that what you have with Oliver is the he's obviously an undersized quote unquote interior D tackle. The thing with Oliver though, and we've seen it with Javon Hargrave on Pittsburgh, is that you don't need to be Vince Wilfork's size to be effective as a nose tackle. But look at Aaron Donald. Case exactly right. You, athleticism and motor can 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 win you battles in the trenches. No, absolutely. I think Ed Oliver is great too. I I could see either one going there. I wouldn't be surprised by either pick. Would you? Uh, not at all. Um, I would be shocked if uh, I would be more shocked if Oliver falls out of the top ten because I've heard nothing but a lot of hearts being thrown around by GMs in that top ten, top fifteen range for Oliver. Right. Yeah. But I think someone will take the gamble. And like case in point, I, I I compared Oliver to Javon Hargrave as far as being an undersized traditionally D tackle. But Hargrave yeah. has proven that you being a little bit more nimble on the inside, being a little quicker on your feet and having a high motor can win you those battles and can, you know, help you push the pocket. Why you if the prototype exists and it's a proven success model, you you have to kind of give it its credit. I agree. Right. So yeah, but in either way, if Clown Farrell's there and he goes to Detroit, great. It seems like they're kind of in a win-win anyway. So I, I, yeah, I, th- I think they'd be happy. Pick, the number ten pick. You this mean, is the biggest lock. This is the biggest lock 
You mean number nine, Buffalo. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. I I'm, I'm just so excited to pick number 10. I think the Bills go wide receiver. Yeah, they, they need to. The defense is still solid. They have they have their franchise quarterback. You, you need Josh Allen to get a weapon. So we both agree on that? Right. And for, for sure, this has DK Metcalf all over it. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. And did you see um, the pictures of Metcalf that were floating around social media? Yes, I did. This boy looks like a goddamn stud, weight room stud. Wow. He is. Yeah, this kid looks like a freak. He is. Yeah, this is. He looks like he he's got the body of Calvin Johnson. No, he does. He could be. I mean, with Josh Allen throwing that deep ball too, that could be a nice combo for years. Right now, what I will say is, Buffalo, beware. You have a quarterback with a literal bazooka for an arm. Do not take Nikhil Harry. Why? Harry does not have the speed of Metcalf. That's going to be a lot of deep incompletions if you get the wrong guy. Harry should fall to the third round if he does not test well in the 40. Correct. Metcalf's a surefire first-rounder. There is no doubt that Nikhil Harry can catch anything Right. sight. There's no doubt he runs great routes. Yeah, but he's got to get to the deep ball, which is his, that's his weakness. It's not only getting to the deep, it's creating separation on any route. This is weakness. True, but if if he if he if if Harry, what I've seen with Metcalf on tape, the size is is incredible. He looks like Calvin Johnson. Hands are great. He's elusiveness, and he has no problem breaking tackles. He looks like a running back with a ball in his hands. He but, just needs to learn the route tree a little better. Correct. First, that's a hundred percent true. Um, right. But he but he's a great high point receiver. So with Allen, who let's be real, Allen's a is a solid passer, but his accuracy is not a hundred percent polished yet. You give a guy like Metcalf, who's a great 50-50 receiver, to high point that ball, Allen. You'll see Allen's numbers get. You know, improve because of a of a receiver like a Metcalf. I agree. Right, um, and he's got the breakaway speed, which also tells me that if he gets behind a corner and Allen hits him on a streak, he can actually catch up to that ball. That's the huge difference between him and a guy like Nikhil Harry. Harry, oh, I don't think can run down a forty yard streak from no. Josh Allen. And I don't think he'd be able to get any separation on it either. Right. So, all right. So we agree that number nine, Buffalo, you'd be stupid to yeah. pass up Metcalf. That's really the glaringest of glaring needs in your offense. I agree. And then lastly, at pick 10, Denver Broncos. It's a lock for Drew Locke. There you go. Yeah. I always love those big-arm quarterbacks. He was a big-arm quarterback. Well, case in point, he just got Joe Flacco, whose literal yeah. attribute is a Huge arm quarterback, right? And uh, that, that's a perfect place for him to go. Yeah, and I, I and to to Flacco's credit, Flacco's not a terrible quarterback. I think he was not great. I think he was not good as an AFC North quarterback. He won a Super Bowl, right? That is true. But the problem with the Ravens is that their offense has never been the reason they won a Super Bowl. Defense helped a lot traditionally. Flacco is still a good quarterback and can still win. I think just the thing with Flacco, for me, is that I think he desperately needed a change of scenery, not just because Lamar Jackson like literally ripped the job from out of his hands, 
I just think he I think he's better like the defenses that he was playing twice a year and the coaches that he was facing twice a year they they know what they were playing and at a certain point if you if you can't change stylistically you're you're destined for failure and that's exactly what happened. Then. Exactly right. It's exactly. I mean, he won, right. he won a Super Bowl. Right, but that was also earlier in his career. Doesn't my point is the guy can play. Yeah, he's I capable. He's play. definitely capable. I would still say Flacco is on the low end of the top fifteen of quarterbacks in this league. Do At, you think that? Do you think Joe Flacco is better than Keenum, or is that a lateral move? Flacco's got a better arm. Keenum's a better inside 20 thrower. It, it really just depends for me. Like, I don't, I personally think Keenum's getting dealt to Washington. Um, I don't see the Redskins right now as having the capability to take on a rookie. Um, I think they would, I think they're more comfortable with a Keenum who, in his own right, is a journeyman, but he's a serviceable journeyman um, with upside. I, right. I, right, and also John Elway, I'm sure, would have no problem taking a third or a fourth round pick for Keenum. Wow, you think they would get that much? Well, let's be real. If Keenum and Joe Flacco are in the same conversation, which they are, you just gave a fourth to Baltimore for Flacco, so why not try and get that fourth back from Washington? I think because uh, his, what's his name's resume Who, Keenum? Flacco's. Oh, well, but point is, you're going to get some sort of a draft pick for Keenum. You're not getting a first or a second or a third. No shot in hell. Right, right. The earliest you would start off as a fourth with the expectation that could trickle to a fifth. Right. So, but whatever the case may be, Locke, I think, can work well with learning from Flacco because the arms, I know Flacco's got like one of the strongest arms in the league. But Locke's a big enough arm quarterback when he can learn a lot from a guy like Flacco. I agree. Right. So I think if he, if Locke ends up going, learning behind Flacco for a year, that that's not the worst thing in the world for him. I think the worst thing oh. for in the world for Locke would be to be to fall into the same fate as Josh Rosen, where he's thrown into the fire too early. Well, Josh Rosen, I mean, he got, oh, my God. Right. He also, Rosen has no weapons. He has no line. I mean, he has Fitz, but Larry Fitz is, what, 38? <laughs> like, Well, he's got David Johnson. Yeah, but they don't, point it, well, all right, th- that's a whole separate problem with their play calling. I had David Johnson in fantasy, and he did nothing because he wasn't getting the ball enough. They weren't using him over right. the flat, and they weren't giving him the ball enough. And that's how... And that's how they screwed up. Right. Chris, Christian Kirk is a good upside receiver who, like, had flashes of, like, showing promise. But. He's not number, not number one. Not even close. It's it's not even close. Well, I think Kingsbury will help him figure out what to do over there, though. Yeah. And, and going back to the Broncos, too. Joe Flacco is not. Um, you know, Flacco is not an Alliance quarterback. Flacco's definitely still NFL caliber. You know, he can and he can train a, and he can show a rookie how to and I you know, a guy like Flacco again to his credit never had any character problems. You know, he's a pro's pro. 
yeah. Which I'm not saying Locke is like some some wild card, you know, as far as attitude. But you know, if you uh, you want to learn how to stay out of trouble, be a good pros pro, and have longevity, Flacco's your guy. No, Flacco's not bad for that at all. That long. Right. So right there, that's picks six through ten. Next week we got eleven through fifteen. Right. Yes, sir. Now speaking of the alliance. Yeah. For those of you who are unaware that football is actually still a thing right now, and it's called the Alliance of American Football, uh, yeah. it's an eight-team league comprised of basically players that are practice squad caliber, mixed, or right, slash XNFL, um, or guys that are trying to get back into the league. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of guys that get invited to training camp. And just missed the 53. Yeah, and uh, how about Hackenberg still hitting cameraman? Yeah, well, well, all right. The the Memphis Express, their quarterback is still Christian Hackenberg, and there's and Memphis is now 0-2. Because Hackenberg Hacken, can't fucking Hacken, throw. No, I don't. He's done. Yeah. Um, Memphis' defense is a fucking fraud, but... The as far as that league, I know myself and John. We've we've been watching as much of the alliance as possible. A because me and you have an unquenchable thirst for football. Yeah. But what I will say, the alliance does a couple things that I like. For one, there's no kickoffs. Everyone just starts with the ball at the twenty-five. There's no one point extra point by way of a field goal. Everything is two point conversions. Yeah. But you still kick field goals for three points. Um, and the the pace of play, I've noticed, is a lot quicker. Yep. They have an extra referee up in the up in a, up in the box who has the authority that's to a, override the field. And that's a shot at the NFL. It it is a shot. Um, well, the alliance is doing found exactly what the NFL was doing wrong, and is now proving that it has immense value. Absolutely. Like in a week two regular season game, I saw two different occurrences in two separate games where the sky judge was needed just to just to get a call right. Right. Well, it was. I mean, we don't need to go into what happened with the Saints, do we? No, not at all. But had there been that that literal eye in the sky, um, you know, eye in the sky, there could have been an eye thousands of miles away to see that call. Well, right. Stevie Wonder knew that that was pass interference. But whatever the case may be, even little things like getting fumbles right, um, you know, replay reviews, little things that the NFL can, can sometimes fuck up, they have that fail-safe in the alliance, which is proving to be super beneficial. Yeah, yep. So not only do you have that, but you have – the return of hitting the quarterback. Well, what? Yeah, what? Great. What? And what's funny is the alliance only allows you to rush five players at a time. Right. Which surprisingly is giving these quarterbacks more trouble than I thought it would. Obviously, you're you're keeping maximum or minimum six in coverage. Right. But. A lot of these tackles in the alliance, and obviously offensive line is a very hard position, especially at the tackles. But these, some of these tackles are getting smoked off the line. 
Um, yeah, give them a few, <clears throat> give them a few weeks. I think that's to fair. adjust the style of play. I'm yeah. really two weeks is plenty of time. So that's why I was really interested in the third week. And I think I told you that. So yeah, give everybody a few weeks to adjust the coaches. Because I don't think anybody has any idea what the hell is going on right now. Yeah, it's almost like they're playing like pickup football. You know, but what's funny is even going back to week one, the quality of play was better than college. And I, I I don't want to compare the alliance in the Canadian League, but between the goal lines, I can. It's the 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 product it's is better. better than the Canadian League, um, for sure. And Absolutely. and and I think that you're seeing like all these people that are in this league are on three year contracts that have clauses that are literally saying. You know, if, if an NFL team wants to sign you, we're green lighting you. That's the whole point of our existence. We're not competing with the NFL. We are kind of a, you know, right. Um, have you picked yourself a team yet in the alliance? No. Like your rooting interest? No. I did. Who? Birmingham. Why? Um, there's a lot of ex Steelers on that team. Okay. Um, and and Birmingham has been for years, like the Pittsburgh of the South, as far as like the industrial side of things, like it's a big steel town. Um, and let's be real, Pittsburgh Steelers, Birmingham iron. Like there's a lot of, even the fucking colors are similar minus the yellow. Right. Um, and I think it's also hysterical because their, their running back is Trent Richardson and he's actually doing pretty well. I always thought that he just didn't have his head on. Right. To be honest. Yeah. I think he's running with humility now um and that's helping him but he's and he's not but uh, you got I got to I got to be honest and, and their quarterback for Birmingham is Luis Perez who was a uh, a last round cut from the Rams training camp yeah kid can throw well um, they all can they all can throw but he's accurate and he has no problem you know, standing in the pocket, like he doesn't run for his life and just throw the ball out of bounds. You know, I've seen him make super good contested throws over the middle of the field, beating zone coverages. Right now, he, to me, is my standout quarterback for sure. Also, Birmingham's defense has only allowed 12 points in two games. So that's, to me, is super impressive. Are you more impressed with defensive or offensive side of the ball? Well, what I've seen in the alliance is is these the it's a lot of it's it, all these coaches in the alliance are real. They're all former NFL coordinators or head coaches or Steve Spurrier, who's played in the Steve NFL. Spurrier. Steve Spurrier is the head coach for Orlando. You know, the coaches are legit, which means they're running NFL or top tier college style offenses. So you need defensive, you know, playmakers that can handle those type of play calling. You know, even San Diego's head coach is Mike Martz, who, as we all know, was the head coach in charge of the greatest show on turf. Absolutely. I think this is the perfect league for tweeners, guys who are good in college. Maybe they need to work on a few things. Yeah. Right? Um, you could have a speed receiver who doesn't know how to run routes or, you know. Right. Right, if you if, like right, right, you can find a diamond in the rough. This is just the polishing machine for that diamond. Right, right. I also think that the reason that it's going to get so many views 
is because what's what's going on right now. Well, and that's the other thing. It's competing. Well, it, it in its opening week, it ranked uh, in the ratings. It beat most NBA games and the NBA primetime slot, which was Thunder Rockets. It yeah. tied that game. And that was, and that we talk about this all the time. So nobody's going to watch the NBA, right? I, I, I don't care unless you're one of the five teams who have a shot. So you got to be a Warriors fan, a Rockets fan, maybe a Thunder fan. Of course, if you're a LeBron James fan, you're going to watch the Lakers. And then the East, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and Bucks, Raptors, right? Yep. We have eight teams. If you're not a fan of those eight teams, you are not tuning in often. No, not at all. You're not going out of your way to watch a game. If you turn on the TV while you're watching porn on your phone, you might watch the next in the background. Right. Right. I mean, so that's that's the thing is that that leads us to the next conversation. The reason the Alliance can do so well is because nobody's watching the NBA. Nobody's watching the NBA because these players are running the show. Uh, well, right. The the yeah. The NBA has that that problem, and I know you and me have talked about this at at nauseum. Where the players are running, they dictate everything. The players have too much power in the NBA. Well, they're running everything. Right. They're running the show. They it, are deciding, yeah, it's annoying. They're deciding where they're going to go. Yep. Who's going to go there with them. Yep. And taking the fun out of the league. Now, even as a Knicks fan, you hear Kevin Durant said Knicks is a wrap, and so is Kyrie, and they could get the number one pick. It doesn't feel the same if it were to happen now because it's almost predetermined. It's like knowing what you get for Christmas the month before Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I feel. And I, I, I don't think anybody likes winning that way. You know what I mean? No, it's, um, it, it, it feels as, as an onlooker who's not a fan of one of those eight power teams, the NBA just feels fraudulent. Well, because it is. Right, but I'm I'm just saying, even to the to a casual NBA fan, like something doesn't feel right. It's the same fucking teams every year, and even and even when even when it comes to the playoffs, right? We know goddamn well that the eight seed has no shot against the one. No, they definitely don't. Right, like you know, whoopty fucking do. You made it. Have fun playing the Bucks or the Sixers in the East. You're not winning that. You're you're not because especially in the East, you're not even a 500 team. It's it, here's the thing is in the NBA, it's at a point now where you need two superstars to compete. Yeah, three to be three to be a contender. Yeah. If you do not have that, yep. Let me back up truck further. Out of those three, two superstars and one. I'll call them. Two of those guys better be able to hit threes on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's a shooter's league. If you don't have that, you have zero percent chance of winning a championship. Right, or you at least need you like your sixth guy off the bench has to be a sniper. You need at least three guys you can count on to stroke it from downtown. Correct. The Warriors set that tone. Yeah, they did. The only way you're going to beat them is if you is if you, you can't trade two for threes with them. Never. You'll lose uh, every time. Right. So the only way you you gotta be, you gotta be able to hit the deep ball, have superstars. Otherwise, you might as well just take it every year. Yeah, for sure. But that's why I didn't like the whole Dennis Smith Jr. to the Knicks thing. 
in today's NBA, he's garbage. I'm not going to call him garbage, but he's le- he's less useful because he's ten not a shooter. Ago, ten years ago, that guy could have been a stud the way the game was played. Right. He cannot do that now. Right. He's he's the high Here's flying the gimmicky. Right. You can't have anybody on the court that's under six five. You want to say Steph Curry? All right, I get it. One. James Harden. He's six five, six six. You can't have. Small guys with no reach on the court that can't hit threes and expect to win a game. Yep. Like, at least with... It's just your main player. Right. Okay, you want to have some role players that do different things, that's fine. But as far as your main three players, they all better be over 6'5". They all better be able to stroke the ball, and they have to be long and athletic and be able to run the court. Right. No, you're not wrong. No, Anthony doesn't even have a job, Luke. I'm aware. Obviously, he's better than some guys in the NBA, but you can't hold the ball for 15 seconds in isolation. Correct. It, listen, I point is, I hate, part of the reason I hate the NBA is because it's it's all, it's the players doing way too much. And what annoys me is that as a diehard baseball fan, we're seeing the complete opposite. Well, in baseball, we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing the GMs have so much power over the players. That the players, you have two of the best players in baseball at 25 and 26 years old, just turned, having no contract offers. Right. Like we're just now hearing that the talks are intensifying with Bryce Harper. Really? Pitch the full squads report on Wednesday. Intensifying? I don't think anything's intensifying. I think it's just the fact that it's getting so late in the game, he has no other offers. Well, e- even last night while I was at softball, I saw. Machado got an offer from the Padres. Eight yeah, years, two forty. I didn't see the terms. Okay. Eight years, two forty. But really? point is, they report Wednesday. Mustakis just got re-signed on a one-year deal yesterday. Right. How much was that worth? I didn't see. Not. It's pending and physical, so those numbers will come out once it's once it's inked. But if you want to take a stab at it, I say it's under ten mil. I would say eight to twelve. Okay. All right. That's, yeah. Right. Now, let me ask something. When this guy hit the free agent market two years ago for the first time, mm-hmm. World Series champion, big part of what they did, wasn't he expecting a five-year, maybe $45 million? At least, he was, he was looking at at least a four-year. 60 mil, right? Something like that? Exactly. Right. And this guy can't get anything more than one-year single digits as, as of today right now. Yeah, it, it's insane. So all these teams want to build up through, I get it, you want to build up through the farms, and I wouldn't want to make, waste money on B-level players such as Moustakis, okay? Yeah. He's, not, he's, not, he's definitely a solid B. Yeah. But, again, like I said, being a Mets fan, I don't want Bs. I just want the A's. But I don't understand how nobody wants the A's. Well, the, the problem that's, is, the, well, half, half the problem is that in baseball, you have half the league is identifying under a rebuild, which is complete horseshit. Oakland cannot identify as a rebuilding team having just made the playoffs. They're not going to spend any money. The Royals only signed Billy Hamilton. Right. They have money. All these teams have money. The Pirates have money. They're not fucking spending it. And people are looking at, at the top 10 spenders... For jobs, which is not realistic. Case in point, the Yankees have been tied to Bryce Harper the entire offseason. 
But we came out like the first week of the free agent period and said we we don't really want him. Well, now anybody can have him. That's exactly right. But point is, you you can't have one third of your teams being the ones who are dishing out the money and expect there to be a competitive balance. Like Oakland was a flash in the pan, potentially, just because their farm system was loaded. And they bred it the right way, but they but they don't take but they don't handle the free agent part of building a team at all. They do nothing. You know what? Yeah, and and it used to be though that even the small market teams would be big on free agents. Right. I mean, how many years ago? Remember when the time when Todd Helton was a trade rumor every every trade deadline, right? Yep. yep. They didn't trade him. Today's MLB, that guy would have been gone the first chance they had. Yep. Right, big fucking difference. Yeah, you know, and like look at look at a team like Cincinnati, small market. Admittedly, they probably don't have much money, but they have some to spend. They have not. They've but they've at least made trades to regain. They're the Reds are going to be better than they were last year, just off two trades. Yeah, but is that? But they're doing something. That's the problem. You yeah, can't tell me Kansas City. Us. Kansas City's not going to compete for a playoff spot this year because of Billy Hamilton. No, they won't. no shot. Oakland <laughs> may fall back to mediocrity. Well, I would, I would definitely think they would. You can't. Too many now. Like with all the openers, they're not going to pay starting pitchers. It really comes down. But to Tampa the went out. Did, but dude, Tampa signed freaking Charlie Morton and Avisael Garcia. They've at least done something. You're right. They've done something, but it's still not. They're they're not they're, spending Machado Harper money, but they're doing no, no, something. But the, point, the point is, is that the GMs have figured out how to lower the value of players. So now the value on starting pitches is lower because you can have an opener. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, the value of an everyday player goes down because. You know, the problem when you have these openers is you're devaluing starting pitching, which I get it. Not everyone's going to be a Max Scherzer or a Verlander when they hit the market. But at least let's acknowledge that if you have a legitimately talented starter, like even a Patrick Corbin, who's not an ace by any stretch, but he's a serviceable two to three in the right rotation, you can't tell me that if Tampa wants to make a move for a Patrick Corbin, they're going to offer him $50 million less because they're going to bring in their one of their seventh inning guys to pitch the first and second inning. It's insane. I agree. It's insane. The The problem, and I, I've done some, some digging you know, through different channels, and part of what baseball doesn't have, like we said the NBA is a huge players league, which it 1,000% is, but the even with the NFL – there are certain people that I I would like to think that are between the ages of ten to twenty five that are the are fans of Pittsburgh solely because of Juju Smith Schuster and his presence on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, you don't have that with MLB. No, you don't. There's no culture built into baseball. Where a young player like, let's just say, Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman, who's in his young 20s, 
probably has the interest outside of baseball of, you know, plays Fortnite, um, you know, maybe not has a YouTube channel, but has some sort of presence off the field. There's none of that in the MLB. The only the last time I saw any young high profile major leaguers do anything that wasn't controlled by MLB media was Chris Bryant and Mike Moustakis doing a YouTube video with the Dude Perfect guys, the trick shot people. Yeah. And it was only one or two videos. It wasn't anything like it was cool videos, like don't get me wrong, the Dude Perfect makes awesome content, but like Outside of that, you don't see MLB players having their own channels. You know, nobody's taking it upon themselves to, like, record their batting practice sessions, like, take Q&A from fans, you know, do anything. I watched, I just watched a video yesterday of Juju Smith-Schuster at a gator farm in Florida. You know how entertaining that was just because of who he is and his personality? No, I... I There's guys in baseball that can be... That level of entertaining, but it it MLB has such a chokehold on their digital media, where if it doesn't come through them, they're gonna, you know, be opposed to it a hundred percent of the time because they're not reaping any money off it. And this is why the MLB, you know, I'm not saying this devalues a player, but the MLB has a serious problem with the MLB is devaluing its own players. It's devaluing its own league. You need these yeah. players, like, again, the people that that like Juju and are Steeler fans, they're going to buy Juju's memorabilia and and Steeler jersey off, the, off you know, fanatics.com because of who he is off the field. Oh, you know, right. It's just, that's just how it is. Or even Beckham, you know, OBJ, he's out right. there doing, you know, he's, he's baseball like. Has, baseball has nobody. It, it can, it's, it's just too quiet. Bryce Harper's trying not work. Right, and and even guys like Mike Trout. Mike Trout is like a, like a like an altar boy. Right. Yeah. No. No. He like, what does he like to do in his spare time? Look at the weather. He said. Yeah. He. Yeah. He loves to track <laughs> hurricanes, which is cool. But like, who's really watching the weather channel? If you're if you're if you're yeah. under the age of sixty, you're not watching the weather channel. No. No, you are not. Right. So. You know, and, you know, the ML, I'm, I'm sorry, the NBA, the NFL, and shit, even hockey, even hockey has a young audience where kids get, you know, fascinated by the game because, you know, even hockey has players like P.K. Subban. It's fast-paced. It's aggressive. Well, the game in of itself is inherently quicker, and it's going to be more appealing to well, a younger. The thing, too, is baseball so slow. Mm-hmm. So until you get to postseason, right? I mean, you know, in the dog days of summer, because there's so many games too, you don't need to watch every one. Correct. You could turn your, t- you know, for me, like getting up at like three forty-five, four fifteen. Couldn't stay up to watch every Met game last year, but you watch the first couple of innings, you check the score in the morning, see what happened. Usually, it was nothing good, but yeah, you know, that's you can do that. Basketball, football, how about if I told you, Luke, for every game this year, you can only watch one half? <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, yeah, I would rather jump off a cliff than be told I can only watch half a Steeler game. Right, so that's the thing. It's baseball so long. And because all these double switches in the NL, all these pitching changes in the AL, it just drags yeah. on. Now, the, I will say this, though. 
I recently watched an interview with Gary V, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like that media billionaire, and yeah. Alex Rodriguez, who we know now is a successful businessman, entrepreneur, and investor. And yeah. A-Rod was saying that the beauty of baseball is that there's 162 games in that that gives MLB so much opportunity to push secondary media outside the games where you can put cameras in the batting cage. And like if you're if you're a 12-year-old baseball player and you want to maybe try and go pro, you're going to watch what Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts are doing in the cage for their hitting routine. If I agree. if you're uh, if you're if you're watching ballpark cam, which we know exists in all 30 parks on MLB Network, if you tap into an app through MLB, you should if you can let's say guess five or six um, you know, like the outcomes of the next five batting practice pitches for Francisco Lindor or Javi Baez, right? Maybe because you know they're hitting at four thirty for a six for a seven oh five start. If you're yeah. within twenty miles, thirty miles of the stadium, if you guess the next five whether whether or not they you know are home runs or not, why don't you get a discounted ticket or free admission on a Wednesday night? You have twenty thousand empty seats anyway. At least get the concession money. I understand that, but the MLB is so far behind the eight ball where they're falling into the, the, the profit level and the viewership levels of where the MLS is now. But the only problem is the MLS is trending way up and the MLB is not getting their plateauing at best. That's a huge problem. I think that a strike is definitely in the uh, A strike is know. definitely coming. It's 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 guaranteed, but the players union this is the bed that they sewed for themselves. Well, I bet you a lot of changes will be happening. Oh no, for sure. Um I would be I ve- mean we're right now we could be looking at Bryce Harper and Machado not having a team come spring training. Yeah, and it's insane. I mean that's that's for, especially for Harper who <laughs> I have not heard he's gotten one single offer. I've seen nothing formal. At least Machado's gotten a formal offer. Right. I have not seen Harper get one. I've heard. Offer. I've heard nothing on Keuchel. I've heard nothing on Kimbrel. I've heard. I've heard of all I've heard about Kimbrel is the Red Sox say we can't afford him. Exactly. There you go. And if and if Philly gets Harper, they they can't afford Kimbrel at his price point. It's going to be a very strange beginning season to see some star players possibly not in uniform yeah all and what you know the back to the point we were making where if you are a team like let's just say the tigers you know a team who's in a rebuild but has some money to throw around why don't you take a flyer on a discounted dallas keichel Uh, i you know i don't know i wouldn't I know, but I I know your your personal objections to Keuchel, which is completely fine. But if the price falls on some of these guys, their their AAV will fall into a range where the stats will dictate their price point. Do you know, it, it'll 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 match. I don't agree with signing B level players to more money than they deserve. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If the but price, I don't think these guys are going to sign for less. Well, then they better get ready to sit out the fucking year or wait until... I think, I think, I think you're going to see them get signed later in the year. What, when injuries start falling? 
Yeah, injuries or a stream, team trying to make a late pay, playoff push or a team that's already in the playoffs but needs another arm. Yeah, I uh, there's uh, uh, god damn it. The strike is coming. It's definitely happening. It it it's it's yeah. almost guaranteed at this point. Just cuz no, these guys aren't getting their money. No, and they're not it's not even close. I think this offseason with Harper and Machado not getting anything is a real spit in the face to the And player. then next year who's coming? Arnado? Yeah, and now you got to face. He looking to sign a contract? He, now? I, I guarantee you, if he gets a good extension from Colorado, he's staying. He's, I guarantee you he is, too. I bet you he's telling his agent right now, we better get this done set. Yeah. Exactly right. So, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. But I will say, on on that note, uh, why don't we put a bow tie on this one, Johnny? All right, man. Yeah. Have a good day. Well, I'll talk to you later. Yep. You have a good one, Chief. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. All right. Episode 9 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast. Um, Just to give you guys a heads up, um, we are going to be, obviously, now that we got the schedules figured out, we're going to be going back to the, you know, once a week, um, you know, timeline that we had. Um, And just also be on the lookout for, um, you know, we will be launching the YouTube soon. And we will also be doing some stuff coming down the pipe in the next couple weeks and months that will uh, definitely be more interesting and more intriguing for you guys as far as more content and, you know, just stuff that you guys will enjoy. Um, So please give us a like, a share on these episodes when they come out on, you know, through social media, you know, follow us on Spotify, on Anchor. Um, And obviously once we get this on Apple, we'll let you guys know. Uh, enjoy your President's Day and have a good one. Bleacher Creatures Podcast. Bleacher Creature. 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 Bleacher Creature himself.